Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Zero Hours with Mikey Brown. How y'all doing today? Podcast City here. Trying this one out. I've tried tried another uh, podcast a little while ago and uh, didn't go this way I planned. I didn't really have enough data for it and uh, decided, you know, I had another one in the back of my mind, so I'll just do that one. Uh, you know, I had a rant on a vlog this morning and I got a phone call in the middle of that and had to cancel that. So it's like, maybe they're all signs, you know, that you shouldn't be doing those things today because a lot of times when you do stuff and you're, uh, pissed or tired or angry or whatever, it doesn't come across the greatest. So maybe that was my sign that shouldn't probably want to do those today and maybe pick another day to do those topics. So... Today I'm going to talk about something a little different. It's uh, it's pretty much a, 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 I call it an uplifting thing, but we'll see what you think of it if you're listening or when I look back on it, if I, after I listen to it, I'll decide if it's uplifting or not. But I watched, a, this comes from watching a movie late last night. We come on uh, one of the premium channels. I don't remember uh, what channel, but it was a, pretty bad movie really it was called the uh angriest man in brooklyn and you know i figured i'd try to watch it because it was you know robin williams and mila kunis figure it's got to be decent movie no it really wasn't it was pretty bad movie but but it did have some good parts to it as far as what i it made me think so i mean in that regard i guess it, it was a good enough movie to watch i got the little snippet out of it and I needed uh, the part of the movie that that stuck with me, and that was one little line in it where the Robin Williams character is dying. He's he's got a brain aneurysm. He's dying. He thinks he's got ninety minutes to live. Um, and he's going through, and he's talking. He's making up with his son at a later point in the hospital, and he said to him, "It was something I thought." you know, really prophetic, it just kind of stuck with me, was, he said, my tombstone's going to say 1951-2014, which the movie was made. And he said, you know, the 1951 doesn't matter, and the 2014 doesn't matter. What matters is the dash. I thought, wow. Yeah. It's what you do in between time you're born and time you die. What you make out of your life, you know, you don't, me, I'm a paranoid schizo about dying. I go to bed every night with this terrible anxiety, this dread anxiety of when I'm, how I'm going to die, when I'm going to die, and it sucks, you know, and I, I think about it all, most of the times when I go to bed. If I get lucky sometimes, I just go to bed and I don't, don't think about it at all, I get good, good sleep, and then other nights it's like it tortures you keeps you up you know you just so badly do not want to die that it overwhelms you to think of all the ways you could die you know you could die driving to work die driving home from work die die driving across the uh t- across town you could die in your sleep you could die like what robin williams had a brain aneurysm you could get cancer you know all these different ways you could die you know uh, the only one, like one thing I don't, I haven't worried about dying is the woo flu. I mean, I just, 
Yeah. I mean, that's a different podcast, of course. It's a, it's a whole process. But I just, with the survival rates of Wu-Flu, after the first few weeks, I never got a real anxious feeling about getting coronavirus. I figured if I didn't have it already, which I think I did, but if I didn't have it, and I think if I had it, uh, my immune system as good as it's going to be. If it's time for me to go, it's time for me to go. For some reason, that doesn't cause me anxiety like the other people you see that won't leave their house and they wear double mask and they shame people for not wearing masks and it's just like some of them go completely off the wall so afraid of this virus. For some reason, I'm not afraid of the virus. I'm afraid of everything, almost everything else but the virus, I guess, which is strange, understandably, but it is the way it is. But when I heard that in the movie last night, you know, the, the, the dash, you know, your life is temporary. We know that. Even if you live to be 110, you will die at 110. So, and a lot of people go way too soon. Some go much later in life than people thought they would, you know, and some people, you know, there's a lot of tragic accidents. There's a lot of severe illnesses that catch you um you know cancer leukemia stuff like that i mean i guess to take the focus off of dying you have to live you know it's like the tim mcgraw song i'm not a big country fan but my wife loves she likes tim mcgraw she's listened to him you know a long time and he did have the one song i liked you know it was like uh live like live like you were dying you know the skydiving Rocky Mountain climbing, uh, the bull named Fu Manchu, 2.7 seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu stuff. So, I mean, he went out and did, in the song, he went out and did, was doing everything, you know, like, just do it, man. Don't procrastinate. If you've got something you want to do, do it. And it's kind of what I'm doing now. Once I did these podcasts, the start was, you know, just a vent to rant. and And it was like a step up from a vlog, I say, well, I'll try these podcasts. It's like a journal to myself. So that's what's the beauty of this podcast is for me, is that I can look back on it, you know, and reflect on it. And, uh, but the song was, that song was great and, and fits into what, what I'm thinking, you know, today when I woke up, it's like, wow, you know, the dash. It's, it's like, it's all about the dash. So, and I was, when I was ranting about the politics this morning, because I'd just seen a bunch of posts that were ticking me off, and then I was started to do a podcast about driving, you know, people not paying attention when they drive, and distracted driving, and, and I just want you to stay in your own damn lane, bro, you know, that was the whole premise behind it. And I just couldn't get any of those to, I mean, the ranting was a phone call, you know, that interrupted, but... It's like it's probably best I didn't put that on there. I mean, I said a lot of things I meant, of course. But there's a couple things I probably went over the line with. So be it. I wouldn't care. I wouldn't apologize. I wouldn't have any guilt about it or anything. But it's just like it. Maybe it was a good thing that it was. I got time to reflect now and, and think about it and say it in a better way and all this stuff. But I'm about done being nice about politics. I mean, it's just the way it is. But the dash to me, is, is happiness, okay? You, you strive for happiness in your life. Now, I was pretty happy with the way life was for me, and I think that's why I'm so adamant 
about being a Trump guy. Because I just think that life was pretty good for the past three and a half years. I thought it was really good. And I'm not a big change person. I mean, I think if something's good, if it ain't, you know, if it ain't, don't fix it if it ain't broke, you know. And I, I thought he did a good job. Now, there's going to be plenty of the left and the liberals that say, I'm crazy. Orange man bad. You know, he's not doing anything. He's done nothing. I, I'm the opposite. I think he's done a lot of good things. You know, and I don't think that Joe Biden's done anything in 47 years worth worth mentioning. So you're always going to have that conflict. But here lately, you know, it's the conflict. As long as you don't, I always was always one of these guys, as long as you don't interfere with my life and you can do whatever the hell you think, whatever the hell you way you want. And I'm still that way pretty much. It's like you can believe and think and say and protest and all this stuff, anything you want to do. It's when the violence comes in that I kind of call bullshit. You know, it's like, then you're threatening my, my life. You know, in my mind, violence threatens my life. It might be an accident, a stray bullet could get me. You know, it might not be even directed at me, but a stray, you know, and there's maybe some of my paranoia about death. But at the same time, is it really that crazy? How many how many uh, shootings you've seen in, in Chicago and places like that are drive-by shootings? That stray bullet kills a little kid sleeping in his bed. I mean, it's just it's not that far-fetched in some some respects. Now, maybe where I live, it's not that big of a concern, but it's still a a concern because it can always come to small town America and always that possibility. So, you know, I've lived my life pretty pretty much. I've done a lot of things I wanted to do. I can't really think of things that I haven't done that I really wanted to do, other than like travel, maybe to foreign country. Um, I mean, that's the big one. It, it, to go and see what uh, maybe a different culture is like, if it's more laid back. I mean, because America's so uptight. And I still, you know, I love my country, and I, I'm blessed to be here. But it's like, maybe I'd like to see if another country is this uptight. I mean, you've seen all the Middle East and third world countries and stuff. They're a mess. So, you know, we're all blessed to be here in the United States. And Canada, I'm sure, you know, they have, they're laid back as hell, but they're cold, it's cold, and it's, you know, snows a lot and all that. I'm not a cold snow kind of guy. Um, but you go to, like, a Caribbean island or something, I'm sure there's some stress there and all that, but there's, you know, a sure cost of living is a little higher and no jobs down there. So, I mean, you have to be pretty financially set to live down there. Or live in in Europe. I mean, Europe's not cheap, and you know, even Germany and Belgium and all these places, they have winter just like Ohio. I'm assuming. I know they don't have the sunny seventy degree year round. You know, so but just going to a different country for an extended period of time, like three weeks, would be a goal for me. And it's like I haven't ever done that because just never had the the finances to do it. I really never had. Until the last couple of years, I really never, even well, maybe the last six, eight years, real hardcore. I've, I haven't really had a desire. I mean, I was always pretty good. I don't like to travel that much, blah, blah, blah. I kind of wanted to go to the, see the United States. You know, I've never really been too far in the United States. I've been to Florida and Georgia and North Carolina, South Carolina, stuff like that. Most Pennsylvania, New York, mostly the East Coast stuff. I thought about going 
visiting Seattle, Washington, you know, or Portland, Oregon, but I will not do that now because, you know, I wouldn't feel safe in either one of those cities uh, now and probably not for a while. Even if, even if Sleepy Joe pulls out the victory, I think you're going to have the passion, you're going to have the flashback from pushback from the, from the right. And those cities are kind of targeted right now. California, you know, when it's not on fire, it was probably nice, but uh, certain sections of California, I wouldn't want to go in. You know, it's just, uh, you know, I've heard how beautiful San Diego is, you know, and, and how beautiful parts of San Francisco, but then you see the tent cities and you see the crime rates and you see, you know, San Diego, not so much, but San Francisco for sure. So, you know, in life, you, you pick, you pick choices and they, they just kind of define what your life ends up to be. So, you know, when I was a little kid, like, I mean, a little kid, elementary school, I was pretty good with words. Like, you know, I wrote a story, a Christmas story one time in like second or third grade. And it was to the, so good that the, they actually, the teacher brought me up to the principal's office and I said it for all the off, I read it off for all the, uh, teacher our principal and vice principal and, and you know all this the secretary and they all were loving you know they got a laugh i remember this to this day they they all laughed and and thought it was a great little story and they were just so so much that i had to they wanted me to do it at an assembly in front of the whole school and you know that was the first time i'd ever had public speaking of course at a young age but I did it, and I remember people laughing and kids laughing, and and some of you know, like the fifth graders were like, "This dumbass little punk," you know, about you know, normal school stuff. But a lot of people got a kick out of it, so I thought, well, I always have a way with words since I was little. So when I got on through school, I was I was pretty good in uh, composition. You know, I I wrote a lot of interesting short stories in my mind, anyway. And uh, I did good in school to an extent. I did composition and English. I was okay in that. I loved history. I wasn't I wasn't a math whiz. I didn't like math that much, but I liked like current events, social studies, geography, stuff like that. So uh, I, I wasn't a straight A student by any means. I told my kids when they were growing up how how great a student I was. I wasn't like top of my class and guys that go to school with me say well hell no he wasn't top of his class but no I mean I did okay I didn't graduate at the dead bottom of my class I didn't graduate even bottom third I was probably in the top third top I'd say it's top third yeah you know we had 275 graduated I bet I was in the top 7500 I don't know I did I was on the honor roll and stuff like that but I wasn't 4.0 I was you know three 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 three, five, stuff like that. But so in, in my life, when I, when I start to graduate school, I made the mistake of being sucked in by a smooth talker, really. It's like, I didn't really know what I wanted to do in life. So uh, we had a recruiter from ITT come to the, to the school. And I thought, well, you know, ITT is a, it's not too far away. It's college, but... I'll, I'll, I'll just go there. I'll take electronics. Can't be that tough. So I went to school for electronics. And lasted about a semester, maybe two. Absolutely hated it. Dropped out. And, you know, my mom ended up, bless her, 
bless her heart, she ended up having to pay all that crap, you know, school for two semesters, and it's like, dumb. And at that time, I went to work. I had gotten a job to supplement my going to school. Well, I, I started that job, and I, I spent the next, what, 11 years? Yeah, 10 years or 11, 10 years. Next 10 years working at that job. So then I was pretty much, you know, I'm thinking I'm okay. I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna be a factory worker because I can't, you know, I can't, I couldn't go to school. I, what am I just gonna have to pay my bills? I have to pay something. Yeah, but in that time though, right? In that time, I also got involved in the music. You know, it was like a year after I started working, my first job out of school. I. Me and my buddy Rod, we got in, uh, started creating some music and stuff. And I thought, well, this is pretty cool because I could use my storytelling kind of thing to parlay in the music. You know, I, I, I could play drums, but it's like I self-taught myself to play drums. But it's like I was more of a songwriter, I thought, in my head. I could make stories up, little three, four-minute songs. That's like a story. So I got in music for that, for the creation part of it. And then later I was playing drums and I got recruited to sing. So it's like it had its and it had its uh, evolution, you know. It went to the part where I quit trying to play instruments and just said, I'm just going to sing lyric, you know, yell at people, basically. <laughs> Try to sing. And I'm not a singer by any means, but I... Uh, I like the stories I write, and I think that's what I call them. They're songs, but they're stories to me. And, you know, I've been blessed with that. It's never went anywhere to, like, the superstar level or anywhere near. So it's like, but I've always done my own thing. You know, I've tried a couple, couple cover bands. I just, I'm not a very good singer, so it's hard for me to sing covers. And But I wrote my own stuff, and... Uh, I liked writing songs, and I still do, and so that was that's been a big part of my my life. Um, got into you know my other job, I had a I hit a rough patch where I couldn't find a job, and then I had to work two like lower level jobs, and, and I was fortunate, you know, uh, through all that madness when I was I had gotten divorced, and I had trying to having the two kids on the weekends and I was trying to balance everything and uh, always worked the off shift, which, you know, that sucks when you have kids, but it's, it was necessity for me. It's the only job I could get to. I guess I chose money a little bit, but I thought it was something I needed to do. I wanted to give them the best life they could. So then I got into a job I'm at that I've had for the past couple decades here and I'm blessed with that. It's a good job. I mean, it it pays the bills, and uh, I've had worse jobs for for less money. You know what I mean? And it's so my life in a nutshell has been working, paying my bills, and having my little creative outlets. I even back in the 2000s, I spent a lot of time writing this book. I was going to write a book. You know, finally going to achieve my dream of writing a book. I'd stay up late every night. Uh, on the computer, blah, blah, blah. Then the, <laughs> I didn't know much about computers, even less than I do now. I didn't back anything up, and my computer got a virus and died. So I was bitterly destroyed that I was almost done. I was like 23 chapters in. 
I had the ending in my head and I was going to write it out the next few chapters and the book would have been done and it died. So eight years or nine years later, after I had given up on all that, somebody was talking about, you know, you can recover if you still have that computer, you could probably get the hard drive part of it recovered, even though the virus killed it. I'm like, no, there's no way. And they said, yeah, yeah, there's a way. So I took it to this computer guy. It cost me like 60 or 80 bucks. I can't remember. But he got all the files off from my book. And he put them all on a desk and gave them back to me. So I'm thinking, okay, I can finish my book. I can finish the book. And I read through the book that I had written. And boy, was it bad. <laughs> I mean, it was, I thought it was like a, going to be made into a movie and shit. I thought, oh man, this is going to be great. And I read it and it was just so bad. And I don't know, I guess I just was devastated that I thought it was so good and it ended up being not so good when I read it again, you know, eight years later, that I've never finished it. That is one of my, it's, it's like eating in my crawl right now. I think it's going to be something I need to do. Even as bad as it is, I need to reread it write the ending so I can say I finished it because it's it is as bad as it may be it's still a book and it's the story's still pretty cool um so you know I'm looking into doing that too now I've been thinking about it the last couple of days and uh I might just do that here in the next you know few weeks since I'll I'll be uh off for a little bit at work for my surgery and stuff and that might be something I contemplate doing, and I should do, really. I really should. So, we'll see. But, you know, I've been married a couple times before, and it didn't go the greatest, and we had some problems. But, you know, I look around at some other people's marriages that ended in divorce. There was physical violence. There was, you know, just constant bickering, fighting, and all that. I didn't have all that. So, I mean, we did. I did have some bickering and fighting, of course, or we wouldn't have gotten divorced. But, you know, at this point now, it's great that I can look back. And if I see either one of my ex-wives, and I see one of my ex-wives quite a bit, my kid's mom. And uh, we get along good now. I mean, we don't, you know, we don't have any, I think we, you know, we were young. We were, we went through a lot um, with our second marriages. When I was on mine and she was on hers, we... But we get along great now, and and we're co-parenting. Even though our kids are in the twenties, we still try to co-parent, and it'll be nice when one of the kids gets married or has we have grandbabies that we'll be able to be together and not have a problem. And I'm blessed for that, and I appreciate that. So as far as that side of my life, I, I I've done okay. My my second wife I don't see anymore, but if I seen her, I have seen her out. You know festivals or whatever a couple times and there's no ill will we we can stand there and talk to each other it's no, it's no problem so and my current current wife of course is my is my is the love uh you know the love of my life to me and my soulmate took me the third time to find her but now i got her she ain't going anywhere i'll keep her i'll keep her locked up if i have to but no no i mean we get along really good we don't have a whole lot of uh, arguments. Uh, we just have a pretty good life, you know. We, we, uh, 
we compromise well. I mean, I got to do my music thing. She gets to do her river thing. And uh, it's just worked out. And she lets me sit in here and talk to myself. I mean, right when she's here, she would even let me do it. And she reads her books, and I'm on my iPad. And, but we can communicate well, talk. We do a lot of things, and we, it's just all good. So I'm talking, you know, about my, my dash. So my dash to this point has been has been good. I mean, it's happiness is what defines the dash for me. And it's like right now, other than being in pain and stuff, because it's like, yeah, my body's falling apart a little bit. But my life itself is good. And I just wanted to always see it proceed to be good. So that's why I, get, I think I'm so emphatic about the state of the country right now. Because I'm genuinely concerned that my happy-go-lucky life's going to end if... The wrong man's elected. And that might sound crazy and it might sound dumb to a lot of people. Will it break me completely? No. I've said that before. It's like Joe Biden wins. I'm still going to be here. I'm going to still be kicking. I might not have, but my, I think my status in life or my level of luxury in life will go down. That's just my thinking as my uh, Republican mind works, you know. Um, I hope I'm wrong. You know, I've said that numerous times too. I, I always want to be proven wrong if I'm against something, you know, and it's like, if you can do that, that's great. But, you know, I'm hoping for my way to be the right way here. I'm hoping that it goes, it goes my way and I can continue on to be the life I've had, which is a pretty good life. You know, I'm a happy guy and, uh, happiness is the dash you know and i hope more people understand that you know it's like some people fly by the seat of their pants right there's they just go take way too many risks they're they're thrill seekers they're adrenaline junkies and i know i've seen people that live their whole life that way and they're fine i've seen other people that you know get critically injured you know dead even or some people's health just goes deteriorates. You know, there's been a lot of people I know, or my age, or even a young, even a year or two younger than me, that I've saw just this past year die, and it's like that that hits home because you know you know you're getting older, and you know being fifties, you know that's still not old, but you know these guys, I knew these people. You know, it's like. It's a lot different when you know them and you've seen them and talked to them and your most of your life, you know. I mean, no, neither none of them were really close friends of mine, but I mean, I, every time I seen them out in public, I'd be like, "Hey, you know what's up?" and sit stand and talk to them. It wouldn't be, you know, it wouldn't be strange to do that. It's not like you know we didn't know each other to that extent. We didn't. It wasn't just like a "Hey, how you doing?" wave by. We could stop and have a conversation, and. uh I looked at that and it's like it's scary. My my anxiety kicks in about, you know, if it can happen to them, it can happen to me, and sure enough, it can. But I've also seen people that were in uh, fabulous shape. You know, I remember a guy years ago at our work. He was running on the treadmill at work, at the uh, wellness center. Good shape, always been in good shape. 
you know, he was running right along. Had to stop so he didn't feel good. He ended up having a heart attack. You know, he didn't die, thank goodness. But, you know, that's just scary to me. It's like, you had a heart attack. You? You're in, you know, I mean, you're in fabulous shape for, you know, he was in his 50s at that time. And it's like, that's scary stuff. You know, and it's like, even even tomorrow, and I go in for a minor surgery, yes. But it's still going to freak me out when the IV starts. It's like, am I going to wake up? And I know, you know, I can't, I'm 99.999% sure that I will. But at the same time, it's always in the back of your mind, is this the end? Is this the 2020? You know, is that going to be the other side of my tombstone? Is it 1968? The dash will be over and it's 2020. I hope not. You know, I hope it's 2120. <laughs> you know, I want to live to be 153 years old. I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, you want to you wanna live to see all the good things that you're waiting on. You know, for me, it'd be uh, see my kids get married and have grandbabies or whatnot or just do what they want with their life to be happy. You know, and, and they're happy. They're not unhappy children. I, I mean, I think for the most part, they all the all the kids are not unhappy, but they're they could be happier. Put it that way. They're not doing what they really wanted to do yet, but they're all in their twenties. You know, they got ways to go. And in my twenties, I didn't have a freaking clue. You know, I had uh, my first kid when I was twenty three, and I kind of took over my thought process you have to do what you have to do to raise your children um like right now all my kids are in their 20s and they don't have we don't have a children they don't have children yet so i hope for them that they can figure out what they want to do to make them happy and do that and enjoy the dash you know enjoy the dash very much um me i got things i want to do yet you know and there's things i want to do musically there's things i want to do it's like writing my book finishing the book and uh, maybe maybe making it better, re re rewrite it some or something, just to say I wrote a book, and have an ebook. I don't care if it's an ebook and sells no copies, it sells two copies or four copies. At one point in my life, I wanted to be a professional writer, but I learned that I don't have the patience for it. But I also, I mean, I don't have the typing ability, and and if I could say it into something like this. I could probably write a book like this, and this might be my idea, an ebook, you know, audio book. But speak it out and then have somebody take that and transcribe it. Maybe that's my way of being able to write a book. Is to have help a, a ghostwriter help me out. Elaborate on the scenery or elaborate on it. Because writing it all out is where I get lost. In my book, it's like there's not enough exploration of uh the backstories of people. There's this very limited backstories, limited stuff. So anyway, you know, that's part of my dash that I want to do. And I, I know I'm saying the dash way too much, but it just stuck with me. I don't know why that stuck with me so much. It's could call it the hyphen, I guess, but he called it. <laughs> anyway, so life is short. You know, we all know that and it's all coming for us. So all I want to do is, uh, say that I, I've had a good life so far. I want to have a better life moving forward still. Um, sometimes change is good. You know, I'm scared of change a lot, but there might be times coming up here where something's got to change. 
And mine might just be my simple procrastinating self. You know, I procrastinate a lot. Um, but, you know, at least and as crazy as it sounds, doing podcasts and vlogs have helped with that. Because when I get something in my mind, I could say, well, I'll do it two weeks from Tuesday. No, I just come in the room and say, you know, you got an hour to kill, a half hour to kill, whatever. Get in there and do it. Just go, just go blurt it out on there and, you know, get it out of your system and off your mind and maybe move on to another subject. So that's what I've been trying to do today. I mean, it just popped in my head last night and instead of the other subjects that I had written down I was going to do, kind of the procrastinating part. Um, they didn't work out when I tried one this morning. So I said, you know, I'm going to go to this one. It's the newest one. It's on my mind. And it's just a statement. It's not an argumentative thing. It's it, it's just describing my life and what I think it means and what I what I perceive to be the happiness. My happiness is to see my family happy, to know that they're secure, to know that they're safe, to know that you know, that they have all the uh, options ahead of them. And my wife, you know, she's doing what she wanted to do with, with her life, helping other people. She's always helped other people. And any even when she was a bus driver, you know, she was taking care of people. And, and now she's doing her uh, job that she's doing now, you know, doing her own thing, working for herself, which is what she wanted to do. And I've always supported everything she wanted to do. She's always supported everything I wanted to do. So that's what makes me happy is seeing everybody around me happy. And my happiness is, you know, doing exactly what I'm doing now. Except I want to exasperate on it. You know, I want to get it farther down the line. I want to do more things. And, you know, I want to get this anxiety that I'm going to, you know, of death out of my mind. And not even think about it. And just say, you know, quit worrying about death. It takes up time. You know, you got to do, you got to live Tim McGraw, buddy, live like you were dying. Do what you've always wanted to do. That's my new motto, you know, live like you were dying. I'm going to borrow Tim's stuff, you know. And there's some stuff I want to do that I haven't done yet. And by gosh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to plan to do it. I'm not going to procrastinate plan. I'm just going to say it's going to have to present itself. When it presents itself, I'm doing it. And that's my goal for the next, you know, two or three years anyway, is to get as much done as I can. And if I can retire in a few years, I'm going to hit that. I'm going to hit it hard. <laughs> but like I said, there's not been a lot of stuff that I've overwhelmingly wanted to do. I mean, I've done a lot of what I wanted to do in my music career. Now, I, you know, I want to finish my book. That's a big one. And, you know, I, I would really like to do more of these podcasts and, and maybe get an elaborate you know, the whole studio thing and videotape it. And that's just from my personal satisfaction. It makes me happy. And happy is what you need to be, right? So I I just wanted to make this short, short and sweet podcast today. It's not even going to be 40 minutes. It's going to be the shortest one I've done. But, you know, live, live in the moment, man. You know, appreciate the dash. Appreciate your life. Um, and I'm bad at that. I'm, I don't want to be a hypocrite and say that stuff, but I, I'm learning. You know, I've got a good life. And most people I know have a good life. So let's put all the bullshit behind us and just enjoy our, enjoy our life and hope for the best for everybody and quit with all the division and the fighting and the backbiting and 
the bullshit that people want us to do. Especially my boomer generation. We're too old for that shit. You know, we need to... We're coming down. We're winding down, man. We're heading to third, getting ready to, to hit third and head for home. You know, it's like... Let's, let's, let's enjoy it, buddy. Let's, let's have a good time and then do it right and do what makes us happy. That's all I can tell you. Um, that's my goal. That's my plan. So, really, for today, that's all I've got. So, once again, always remember to trust in your beliefs and convictions and stay safe out there. It's Mikey from Zero Hours. We'll see you next time. Have a good one.